You've heard episode 23 of Soccer Cards United, but you had some questions. That's okay. We have some answers. My name is Jason and you are listening to Postcard United, the Q&A companion podcast to Soccer Cards United. Uh, this one accompanies, as I say, episode 23 of that same podcast. Uh, my name is Jason. I'm here at my co-host Enzo. Uh, Enzo, we came back with a bang on Thursday. Good reception. People seem to ha- happy to have the podcast back. Lots is going on, but we have some questions. Yeah. How is it going, Jason? Um, you know what? Touching on that one, I want to I want to jump straight into a question. And Jason, this is for you because I've thought about it and I don't really have an answer. Soccer Cards UK on I Instagram. I think this is the be- This is the new way to talk about to do Postcards United. We just say hello, hello, and we answer questions. Yeah, we dilly dally too much. No more dilly dallying. Twenty twenty one. Um, Soccer Cards UK on Instagram said, "Any more funny interactions with famous people?" A lot of people really responded well to the Neil Lennon. Oh, tangent. the Neil Lennon story. Great response to the Neil Lennon story. Um, funny interactions with famous people. Um, I don't know. Have you had any funny interactions? Ever? No. I feel like me and you seen, was it Brendan Gleeson maybe in Avoca? Yeah, we did. No, it wasn't Brendan Gleeson. It was but- Colin Meany. Okay. I think. Yeah, it was Colin Meany. Yeah, Irish, Irish character actor Colin Meany. We, we left him be. We left him be. Uh, who else? I've... Uh, Charlie Watts, the Rolling Stones. I met once while doing a tour in Dublin Castle. I was giving a tour in Dublin Castle. Um, who else? Were a famous people I've met. Uh, no, nobody that anyone would know. Yeah, Some no, me local too. Local Irish celebrities, but no. The Neil Lennon story, to be honest, we shouldn't have told the Neil Lennon story. We should have kept that in our pockets until like episode <laughs> 100. Um, yeah, no. Special guest Neil Lennon. Special guest. He's he's our dream. If anyone knows Neil Lennon or knows Neil Lennon's people. Unless it's his mate. Unless it's that one mate that wouldn't take the photo. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't actually um uh met many famous people, but I think as of through this podcast we're gonna meet a lot of famous people or maybe even become famous people. Oh I hope not. That's why <laughs> um, I do it. That's that's what you're here for? Yeah. I've decided the best route to fame is through the soccer card hobby. Well, you're not the first and you won't be the last to, to take that route. Um, Jason, we had a lot of questions about fake slabs. So I actually had a panic. I didn't even tell you about this. I had a panic. So the fake BGS slabs, I don't know if you've paid attention to this, Jason, or seen it. How to tell. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I, I like went running to my Ronaldo. My, um, I have it here. For, Ronaldo. for convenience, Jason, I'm going to pull it up just to just to show you. Um, This beauty. Yeah. So I was like, because I got this from some, some dude in Italy. It was 9.5. I got it for half price on a best offer. He wanted 400, mm. got it for 200. And I was just like, oh, I got that guy good. And then I started seeing all these fake fake BGS labs. And I, I was like, oh my God, thank God I don't buy graded cards really because I'm in Ireland. Yeah. And I went, oh no. You know, I had my moment where I was like, that guy in Italy. it's coming might... from Italy. Like it's kind of. It's dodgy. It's, it's yeah. out of the ordinary, you know. Very and I went looking, so. and I'm like I haven't, I'm not super com- uh, comfortable, I guess, with the BGS slab. So I think they have like a patent number at the bottom. I think it's a patent number anyway, but on each slab, but it's the same number, right? So that it's like an identifier for their slab. And so when right. I was looking at photos of the fake one, I seen that number, and then when I looked at my one, it had the same number, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> but it's it's the same number. But then yeah, the way to tell is after it's PAT, and then there's a bullet point. It was very difficult to see the bullet point on my on my slab, but it is there. 
thankfully. But yeah, it was a moment mm. of panic, and I think that's kind of where we're, we're kind of tying into it. So, info match tech, match tech, sorry, info match tech cards, and um, hit us up and said fake slabs. What do you think? Does it make you think twice about buying modern cards? And if you were a grading company, what would you do differently to try to stop that? I I think there's a, a an overall problem with transparency with integrating companies. Um, and to be honest, there's an overall with the whole the whole uh, the whole ecosystem has a has a has a problem with transparency. You know, like we have no idea, for instance, what goes into these companies, uh, Panini, whether it be Panini, Tops, whoever, deciding what's a rookie card. Right, we don't know what we don't know. They don't. There's no. There's no agreed upon rules. Uh, in the grading companies, we don't know. I mean, we know BGS has subgrades, but we don't know how PSA formulates theirs. Are they all just grading into a curve? You know, if they have a card they haven't seen before, do they give it a higher grade just to you know get the population up? Whatever, right? And I think fake slabs is just another one of those. Like, um, do you when you get maybe no sense of when you get a graded card, do you get like a certificate of authenticity with it? Is there any paperwork? No, just no, generally ju- the slab. Just the um the ID on on the slab. You know the little mm. identifier, which you can then go onto the website and verify. But of course, if you're gonna make a fake of a player, you're gonna go onto the website, get that identification number. Yeah, because you would have to the person who actually owns the card would have to see that you're using their card or their card number as mm. a fake slab, and then they'd have to flag it. And the odds of that happening before you've made the sale are very low. Yeah, extremely low. I think uh, PSA I think go- PSA have QR codes on the back. I don't know if that really helps. I don't know what that's mm. for, but maybe. I, I think it just goes back to the thing of uh, if you, if it feels too good to be true, it probably is. Um, and always try and buy from people that are at least somewhat reputable. Like if you're, especially if you're buying on eBay. Like if you're buying on eBay, um, you know you want to you want to get an idea of the of the person's reputation. Look at what they sold before. Look at what they're selling. Like if they're just selling this one thing, you know. But you there's, know, there's there's yeah, there's definitely steps to take. But like in that case, Jason, like. There's such a high demand for certain cards graded that, like, you know, people aren't necessarily selling it for much cheaper, you know, to, to kind of trick people. Like, they're selling that at cost. Right. So, I think even in one of the big auction houses, so Probstein on, on eBay, there was a, recently enough, there was a Michael Jordan, I think, BGS 9.5. It might have been 9.5. The the Jordan rookie. Was it 9.5? Yeah. It might have been 8.5. But anyway, it's all for, I think, 25 grand. And it was a, okay. it was a, it was a fake slab. It was a fake slab. Wow. Okay. So, and so in that case, like, but I mean, in that, I mean, Probstein is a bit, I wouldn't say like he's reputable, but at the same time, people are always concerned about shield bidding and shit like that. So maybe it's not so reputable, but you know, it's a huge, I don't know, things can get under the, under the cracks, I guess. They can. And it, I, I hope that in that case, there was a, a recourse taken. Like that's the thing as well. Like do try and stay um, with people that even if you know, or I pay $25,000, like pay it through PayPal, right? And then it's like, oh, there was a fake, and then I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm no fan of PayPal. They've met, they've screwed me over a couple of times. Like you know, <laughs> mess me around, they messed us all around. eBay have too. But like, if you're buying something on eBay, you know, it's there. You might as well use PayPal. And um, if you're buying something on Twitter or in Discord, and somebody says, uh, like, oh, just use friends and family, um, that's fine. If their name is on their account, like if you actually know who they are, that's fine. But if like card fucker 69 says like oh just use friends and family you know me we follow each other on twitter it's like yeah but i don't know who you actually are i just know you're uh an avi and your at is you know your username is card fucker 69 like so have some way to identify have some recourse like if i saw the card on twitter right and then it turned out it was a fake slab 
maybe I didn't know in which case I just give the money back but whatever let's say I, I did know and I'm an evil genius like you could just be like at Jason Flynn sold me a fake hmm. uh, slab and won't help me to you know get any money back or anything um, and then you just drag me publicly so unless you can drag somebody publicly and they, they don't have to just start another anonymous account um, you know be careful yeah 100% someone else um, Gordon O'Brien on Instagram hit us up and said the same thing, you know, fake slabs and how do you stop it? One of the things I would throw on top of that kind of conversation is, and, and from the Jordan rookie that you've seen, is, um, you know, the classic kind of phrase of buy the card, not the grade. Because, like, the cards, you know, you're not putting a, a Mbappe that would grade PSA 10 into a PSA 10 fake case, if it would grade PSA 10, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So if, if you suss out if you just really look at it, you'll probably see some corner wear or some edge wear or something like that. That would then kind of help you. Like, don't be like, oh, thank God, there's PSA 10 slab. PSA, let this one go under the grid. You know, I'll pick it up. Just be like, maybe it's fake. Yeah, don't don't turn your, don't surrender your own critical faculties over to these grading companies. Like, uh, Enzo, something I got into recently was watching old clips of Antiques Roadshow on YouTube. <laughs> um there's like all these uh, compilation videos on YouTube of uh, like really valuable items on Andy's Roadshow people didn't know. And it's just great. I just like to watch it. It relaxes me. Because <laughs> 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 um, it cuts it. Because the, the whole thing about Andy's Roadshow is you have to watch like an hour long episode and then one thing is worth some, you know, some valuable amount. Whereas these compilations just get to the money shot after money shot. After money <laughs> shot. So, um, so, right. So anyway, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So there was this painting that somebody had and they said, have you had this appraised before? And the woman said, yeah, I had it appraised in, uh, or my parents had it appraised in the early 90s. It was appraised for uh, $200. And then when we were getting, uh, we were moving house and we had it for insurance, we had our house appraised and all the contents appraised and it was appraised for $500. And, uh, and the people were like, the expert was like, this is worth $30,000 at least, <laughs> right? So the point is that don't just be like, PSA, look at that card you know, like if she had stopped and said like, well, it's original, if she had to check the comps basically, she would have been like, I think those appraisals are wrong. So the whole thing is, don't just say, this person thinks it's that, so I'll just blindly follow that. As you, as you say, Enzo, buy the card, not the... Not the grade. Uh, yeah. And if you're, yeah. Yeah, if you're buying a graded card and they won't give you pictures of the card, they're like, oh, you don't have to see the edges. It, it says subgrade is 9.5. Hmm. Like if it is a 9.5, what do they have to fear? They should show you a close-up of the card. 100%. 100%. Um, Chris Brown hit us up on spelt with a K and um, said do, are we expecting the price drop when PSA submissions come back yeah they're going to flood the market etc but no it just feels like we're in a constant state of like obviously things are so delayed that we're seeing a constant state of subs coming back even now you're just probably not aware of it does that make sense I mean that's so, yeah. so, 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 so basically for anyone who doesn't really know what the whole history is here so last year there would have been a uh, there was an explosion in the soccer hobby and it all got very popular and all these cards uh, started to get bought by collectors and investors and all that stuff and they all got sent away to grading and PSA have taken so long, PSA being the, the biggest kind of grading company in terms of volume, um, took so long to grade everything that stuff is only starting to come back from last summer, really, last summer, last autumn, last winter, starting to come back, drip back into the market now. Um, so, I mean, I guess it will. There will be some real bargains to pick up uh, maybe in the raw card market, if all of a sudden I can go on and get like, I don't know, let's use an example, like a, like a Joao Felix, 
I can get like a Joe Felix uh, PSA 9 or PSA 10 for 300 then because loads of them came back then you can't charge me 250 for a raw one you know yeah but that, it's not 250 for a raw if it was like a, if it was a, a, a no. coloured uh, parallel of a, of his rookie okay yeah I get you um, I would still I would say that's like a, a very interesting take I would avoid the raw mostly like if you're getting if the, if the PSA 10 is getting cheaper I'd try to go towards that instead of buying a potentially flawed raw card I just think it's funny that you went straight to I'd buy raw <laughs> I don't I think grading's a scam so that's why I'm like okay yeah that. fair yeah fuck that shit the things I want will be cheaper by the way I yeah. shouldn't have just thrown away the fact that I think grading is a scam I take that back <laughs> I don't want to uh, start a twitter beat no no fair not this time um you know i think i think a lot of prism the prism is starting to like peak go back up again and i think that's like an artificial thing you know the pump and dump of the summer i think is beginning to be pumped again and people are like hopping on board and i think that if you're following the timeline a lot more prism is about to hit the market back from psa because a lot of people sub just before the boom and then had to sit there and watch their cards peak at like three thousand and then crash down to 300 so i think I, I'd be very scared. A lot of people are saying, oh yeah, hop back on. You know, These are going to go to the roof again. But I think that they're, they're going to be caught halfway, whereas this time it's going to be cut short because of the PSA submissions coming back from the summer. Okay, that I was confused by that. Um, but no? So we're saying that card prices are going to increase or decrease? Um, We're saying right now, I think one of the biggest things that are about to come back from PSA is lots and lots and lots of Prism again, because that was sent right. in so many months ago in bulk. And right now we're seeing, after Prism crashed, we're seeing Prism come back up. And I'm saying like people are now like getting faith again. They felt like it bottomed out and now the only way is up kind of thing. Ah, okay. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this time when it's going up, it's going to have what it didn't have last time, which is PSA submissions coming in back at the same time. Because last time everyone was sending the submissions out, so the supply was disappearing of even the RAWs. So the RAWs were going up. The grading, the graded ones were not coming back. So whoever already had the graded ones, they were able to kind of just supply and demand. But now this time, there's a huge supply as it is, and it's starting to kind of come back up. And people remembering what happened last summer, like, I'm not going to miss out this time, I'm hopping on. But this time, we're going to get a flood of graded coming back at the same time. So, so, so basically the grading, the, 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 the amount of graded cards now coming back are going to help us to find what we've been missing for the, from the market for a long time in good and bad ways, which is equilibrium. Like, because yeah. we need to know, like, what is a PSA of this card, a PSA 10 of this card worth? And then we can benchmark the entire market then off that. <laughs> Basically, yeah. It's going to stabilize Prism and we're going to find out, people are going to find out that Prism bases were such a high print run and that they were idiots for buying them all. Unless they got out, they got, oh, in yeah. and got out and now they're living in the Bahamas. Luxury, yeah, 100%. Um, now they're eating well, as you would say. <laughs> On Twitter again, Soccer Silverback said, Match Attacks Chrome, Masterclass or Disaster Class, Jason? So, Match Attacks Chrome, um, I was very sceptical about, as I as I am any, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a Match Attacks, we're a trading card game sceptical podcast. Um, Soccer Silverback, of course, doing his, <laughs> doing his darndest to put a mention of Match Attacks into the podcast this week. Um, he has, like, to be honest, I, I, I just, just talk about Soccer Silverback for a second. <laughs> uh, if you don't follow him on Twitter, he's good crack. But he has single-handedly, I believe, built the match attacks market from nothing. I mean, like we, like if you listen to early episodes of this podcast, we are like match attacks aren't worth you know 
dog shit. You would, I, I, they're not worth dog shit. Like you wouldn't, uh, <laughs> whatever, right? So they're just really like bad, and we just no one liked them. We said, oh, they're for kids. They're not desirable. All this stuff. And then Soccer Silverback came in, and then I just saw like over time, just in what I would call a process of normalization. You know, just that thing of, um, well, match are not that bad, or look that that one's cool, or oh, they're doing autographs now, or they're doing. You I know, think that helped. I, th- I think that initial demand you're talking about from him. Of like accepting it. I think that helped and then the grading like sorry, the company tops then added in the autographs, which changes like what we were talking about when we said they were dog shit. Without autographs, complete dog shit. Autographs yeah, will change it. We didn't have well when we were talking when we were talking about there was no autographs, but now there there are autographs and then they kind of see that the success of the autograph uh match attacks top see this and it's like oh and then they go match attacks chrome. Um now tops know that Chrome is such a strong brand mm. at this stage that they can just chrome anything and it will sell. Um, so match attacks, chrome made sense. I was skeptical. I thought this is you know what I usually say. My all my accusations against tops. This is a money grab. This is this company has no integrity. I would I wouldn't hmm. touch as well a barge pole. All this stuff. Um, but then I have to say I was proven wrong because they were priced well. Match yeah. attacks were something that was familiar to a lot of people in Europe already. Um, so match attacks chrome was kind of a halfway house between premium product and match attacks um, a lot of people didn't want stickers they wanted cards and again this is an entry level option and it was a reasonably good checklist because last season was a good season in terms of rookies um, and I'm seeing a lot of hype and I've been proven wrong and I, I, I have a couple of boxes on the way uh, I don't know where they are uh, <laughs> they're, they're lost because international shipping from the UK is completely broken down and there was a delay but they are on the way I am sure I think it was I've been proven wrong. Hands in the air. I think it was a masterclass uh, from Tops, and uh, I think it even stole some thunder on the actual Champions League Chrome release. Yeah, I think because part of it is that like it was actually accessible. You could get your hands on it. Yeah, which obviously is important. Very important. I think that's where Tops Chrome kind of lost lost a lot of ground. I would say Tops Chrome and Sapphire. I don't think are necessarily priced where they should be on the resale market, especially for singles. Um. No, yeah, we talked about this ages, ages ago with, with uh, Haaland's Tops Now, his first Tops Now card, mm. where it's like it, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter how rare something is because it has to be at least um, common enough that someone has, some, enough people have seen it, enough people have had it, enough people have had it in hand to want it. Like if, if, if um, something like Tops Chrome, like we got a couple of boxes, mm-hmm. um, but like hardly anyone did and uh, a lot of people like a lot of the the other um you know like blowout cards or whoever like got loads of boxes and sold them at crazy prices that they weren't they weren't worth and um yeah i think like that's something that people just completely turn off and so no one wants to sit in a conversation on social media or you know in discord or whatever and say like oh did you get tops chrome no did you take a tops chrome no oh well let's look at these other people's tops chrome cards yeah no it's not fun. Whereas it's fun to say, like, do you get match tax chrome? Yeah, I got two boxes. Do you get match tax chrome? Oh, yeah, I got three boxes. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, I really like that one. I'll buy that one. And like, it actually creates its own market. I, I think it's been great. You know, it was definitely a masterclass. Executed well. Um, Even though it was, you know, everyone was kind of angry when they seen it. Most people, you know. Because I think cause that was, it was in the backlash of not getting any, I think, Bundesliga Museum maybe allocated. And then Tops Chrome allocated to the UK site or the European sites. Yeah, I mean, I think Tops definitely knew what they were doing, and it it looked at uh, when when it when it first was released, it was after off the back of a couple of releases that we just couldn't get our hands on, 
and it was like but you do have match attacks chrome look at this and we were like you're giving us match attacks like you is bastard. this is this some sort of a joke like you're we can't have anything we actually want and they're giving us match attacks but i think the encouraging thing was that there were so many match attacks chrome boxes made that it was and it was kind of we know that match attacks chrome couldn't have been planned that far in advance hmm. so we know that tops have recognized the growth of the hobby in europe because instead of just saying well you can't have anything until 2021 because we haven't planned for the growth of the hobby in europe they said look we, we can't give you any of this stuff because this is from 2019 that we planned the print runs on this but what we can give you is this product which we know it's not your ideal but we think it'll tide you over so at least in a kind of in a kind of lopsided kind of fucked up way tops have shown that they recognize the growth and they're kind of giving us something to tide us over even if you just want to look at it like that you know i think yeah and i think i'm pretty sure it was only an eu release i don't think people in the states had easy access to it if i'm not wrong i think it was maybe only i don't think it was available on the tops us site so That's maybe there mean, were some yeah. us distributors that had it but i don't think anybody else had it yeah so it was good masterclass and i'd like to get them in, in hand to be honest i'd like to have a look yeah i'm at still them. waiting I want to see what they look like because I've had the Chrome in hand, so I want to kind of compare. But let's get this. Let's get one thing straight here. I I I have noticed one kind of nasty side effect of this, which is Tops Chrome match attacks. Now there's kind of some revision revisionist history going on, uh, as to normal match attacks, because mm. now you've 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 brought in match attacks kind of through the back door through Chrome, and if I say right that Hal and match attacks Chrome is a rookie, right? then why would a norm, normal match tax card not be accepted as a rookie for somebody else? Mm. Do you know? Because we've, we've always said, Enzo, you and I, on, the, on this podcast, that trading card games don't really count as rookies. We always would say, is there a premium card? No. Well, then is there a sticker? Yeah. Do you know? Um, yeah, there is. There is, like, there's Hallands in the Salzburg kit as well. So, like, and that, that gets love. I, like, same with Adrenaline XL. There's certain cards that do get love if it's, like, a rookie year and, like, the kit that kind of matters like so there's like an adrenaline xl of mbappe and he's in a monocle kit so you know it's almost hard to to look past that yeah and the... I, I had a conversation on twitter with a load of people to where i had to stop replying because there was literally just so many people in the conversation that i couldn't keep track but um it was about like this idea of, of a does a player have a rookie card and a rookie sticker or do they yeah. have like is there what is what is a true rookie all this stuff and my feeling would be okay if we want to say there's a rookie card and the rookie sticker then there has to be a rookie trading card as well like mm. it can't be like match attacks can't be half a house i'm not accepting i'm not accepting this sticker as his true rookie but i will accept this match attacks it's either first like premium release and then first trading card game release and then first sticker or it's just whichever one of those all came out first that's the one yeah and ultimately the market decides the market decides it's kind of fucked. We should decide. We should be the judges. Yeah, I feel like now it's it's in a point like I think stickers got accepted because if you wanted like, you know, a Maradona rookie or whatever, it was a sticker. Whereas now, when a sticker comes out, ninety nine percent of the time a premium card will probably come out in the same year. You know, if it's depending anyone on, high profile at all. Yeah, yeah, depending on the player. Obviously, like Mbappe is like the most recent one. Not the most recent, the biggest kind of one where he came out in 2016 and nothing else did come out that year. Then yeah. you could look at Martinelli who came out in 1920. But like, I feel like in this year's Prism, Martinelli will have a rookie logo on a Prism. And I think no one will give a fuck about the sticker, even though it was a year before. I mean, look at, look at, I know we, we, we laugh at this all the time. Look at Dama Traore, right? Who hmm. had another uptick in interest because he scored a goal in the FA, or in the, 
the FA Cup, was it? I think so. Mm. Anyway, uh, yeah, against Crystal Palace on Friday night. But anyway, um, so he has, I think, in his Panini Immaculate. We're going to talk about Panini Immaculate on this Thursday's uh, main show, episode 24, because it's, it's bananas what's going on with Panini Immaculate <laughs> and that checklist. But I, I think Adama has an RC logo on that. But he has a Merlin sticker in an Aston Villa kit from years ago. That and he had just, a Prism, same company, a year ago. Yeah, but like there is like I just I we're gonna talk about that more on so any any rookie related stuff send it in because we want to try have a conversation, uh, based on the recent release of Panini Immaculate about rookies. Uh, once again, we're relitigating the entire subject probably, <laughs> uh, on uh, Hobby HQ on episode twenty four. So send us in all your thoughts on that, and we'll uh, incorporate some of your points into the discussion. Okay, um, Kyle's cards and stickers on on Twitter said um is there is there value on a player's first card for a club compared to other seasons so for example jason luis suarez in an atletico madrid kit for the first time ever is there value in his first time in an atletico kit uh i think so as i i I, this actually came up recently with us that was a good example yeah i'm actually happy um so you for anyone who doesn't know uh, you you obviously manage our, our social media obviously manage our social media accounts and you started doing a bit of tiktok yeah, a little bit. Dri- and you opened and a, a summer signings box. Yeah. Um, and one of the polls was an of... 50? Yeah, an of 50, Luis Suarez from summer signings. Um, and it was a star signing of 50. And his first in an Atletico kit. And as an Atletico Madrid fan, I said to you, oh, I'll buy that off you. Mm-hmm. Um, for more than I would have to buy his last Barcelona card. Yeah, because as a fan of that team, yes, there is value. So this, I, it's like you know, and, and same thing like in that same set, there's a Bruno Fernandez, isn't there? And no, no, not what Bruno Fernandez. Who am I thinking of? Uh, Donny Van de Beek. Sorry. Yeah, Donny Van de Beek uh, in a Man United. That whole set is summer signing, so that's, the whole thing works, right? So, yeah, the whole- <laughs> like, let's say Man United, right, uh, have a, eventually play Donny Van de Beek in more than an FA Cup game, and he goes good, or even Bruno Fernandez is first in a Man United kit, whatever. Like that does have value because people, fans of the team, if they're collectors, like if I'm a, if I'm an Atletico Madrid collector, uh, or if you're an AC Milan collector, uh, and let's say you're talking about Kaka, you might want a Kaka for your PC. Do you really care about Kaka's true rookie in Brazil? Like you're an AC Milan fan, that's what that's how you know him, that's how you love him. So you might say, well, I'll pay you this for his first AC Milan uh, mm. sticker. So I think I yes, agree. I think yes, and I think it depends on. If, if that's going to be your strategy and it's kind of a very niche uh, strategy for uh, as a collector there is value as an investor or as a kind of flipper or whatever if that's your thing it's a very strange and niche strategy could work but make sure you stick to clubs with a big collector base and I would say short print runs as well like that Suarez is of 50 better than getting a base because I think base will be readily available yeah for sure so short print runs and then also like pick big clubs where there's going to be like if, like if you wanted to pick up a load of like short print run Luis Suarez Atletico Madrid that's not clever because there's not an awful lot of Atletico Madrid fans that are going to be out there collecting Suarez cards if you get a Bruno Fernandes Man United or a Donny van de Beek Man United whoever it is um, that's going to obviously have bigger uh, demand yeah perfect the example like uh, a Bruno Fernandes in the United kit short print over a um, Ferran Torres for Man City short print because Man City mm-hmm. have no fans <laughs> none um okay yeah well i was gonna say something no i've lost it but uh, you know just to top that one off and um, when you're thinking about what what should or shouldn't have value you need to really stem it all the way back 
ignore flipping, ignore investing and just think of what a collector. You need yeah. to think in terms of collectors. That's where the value comes from. It comes from the top down from people that collect. Yeah, and you might say, like, you might say, oh, well, it's not going to go on eBay. But if it's a very high value card, then it might be a case of sending it into, like, if it's a, you know, if it's a one of one, uh, maybe not one of one, but let's say it's a one of five, right? And it's, um, it's Antoine Griezmann's first, let's say he comes good for Barcelona, right? Hmm. Little rat. Let's say it's his first Barcelona card. Um, like, you might put that up, one of five, you might put that up on a PWC, PWCC, is that what it's called? Uh, auction because they're like that the big time collectors be looking there where they're not going to be looking through your eBay listing no offense to mm. you or eBay or eBay or eBay okay Pittsburgh soccer collector he does put a big one Jason and this is just I think, I don't think we've got a question from Pittsburgh soccer collector before no it's a new one it's a new one I wonder how new he is and 13 posts first post in November so there you go alright Look it was a very game. nice Champions Respect of it. Europe. Okay, wait, I'm, I'm bouncing back, right? Um, Actually, no, yeah. We have answered a question before, but it was on a different account. This is a new Ooh. football. A lot of people have made their personal accounts and their soccer accounts separate. So they've made a specific soccer card, should I say, Instagram. That's okay. I'm just going to dive into it. Hey, guys, I'm answering your call for a transfer-related question. So I think that was you, Jason. I think you called for that. Transfer-related question Great. since the yeah, window's yeah, open. yeah, yeah. And um, what are your feelings about Declan Rice? I'm sitting on a ton of his Chronicles stuff and keep buying when the price is right. I'm a huge Hammers fan, so my thoughts are, hey, if he doesn't transfer, great. I have a nice PC of one of our best young players in ages. If Chelsea grab him now and over the summer, I can cash in on the transfer buzz. Is this a rare win-win? No, is this a rare win-win or am I the world's biggest asshole for spending any money on a West Ham player? <laughs> First of all, uh, I, I look... Declan Rice is obviously a rat because he could have played for <laughs> Ireland. And, uh, yeah, he's obviously a dirty, filthy rat. He's um, obviously... Obviously filthy. he is. He plays for England because he's a glory-seeking, dirty little rat. Uh, he should have played for Ireland, but that's fine. Whatever, right? Um, as a West Ham player, as a West Ham fan, I, I, I would be delighted if I was a West Ham fan uh, to see uh, Declan Rice coming through. It's a weird one with Declan Rice. I think if the, if the England manager was somebody other than Gareth Southgate, I would say that's not a great idea because, you know, there's better English midfielders, you know, whether it be Harry Winks, Mason Mount, uh, Calvin Phillips. Like, I don't think Declan Rice guaranteed a run in the England team. On the other hand, Garrett Southgate believes that Declan Rice is, you know, essentially Sergio Busquets. So uh, we can <laughs> fully expect him to make an appearance at the upcoming Euros and probably at the World Cup in 2022 as well. Um, Chelsea are sniffing around. Uh, he probably will get a, a move at some point because West Ham always find themselves in every few years in terrible positions where they have to uh, suddenly sell all their best players um, or just sell whoever they can. And uh, I think it's a great point, actually, that, that, that he makes because if he doesn't go anywhere from West Ham, he has a brilliant personal collection of West Ham's, at that stage, probably West Ham captain and best player. And if he does, then he can sell. It's, it, that's the ideal scenario. It's like, what do we always say? And it's like, buy cards that you won't be annoyed if you're stuck with. Yeah. There's no downside. So, that, so I don't think, I don't think Declan Rice is nailed on to be a, to be a kind of, you know, like to the moon investment or, or nailed on to be a, a, a great player. Um, but just, you know, it's a win-win. But that's like, that's where like, I've, I've started to get a lot more clinical with the rookies I'm collecting. And like, 
I don't know. It's hard. To, it's hard for me to pin down exactly what what Declan Rice's role would be. But like, let's 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 match him directly to Busquets. I think I think Declan Rice has the potential to score more goals. Or whatever. But ignore all that. Let's match him like to Busquets. If he went on to have a career similar to Busquets, that would be an incredibly amazing career for him to have. Well, maybe Busquets is, is even. Let's just think of other English midfielders. Let's say he was like Gerard Lampard. Like, Gerard um, Lampard scores. Yeah. That, yeah. Same shit. Like. If you look at where their cards are at now, the Jared Lampard skulls, and all three of them have like cult clubs, huge, you know, huge collector base, and they're huge cult collector bases, yeah. In, in in each club, right? That's that's where I get real clinical. I'm like, why would you spend however much? And you probably haven't spent too much on them, but like, what you need to your best case scenario with Declan Rice has actually played out already with skulls, with Lampard, with Gerard. Well, it is Lampard, isn't it? Because Lampard went from West Ham. To Chelsea, and he scored. He's Chelsea's all-time scorer. So he he went from West Ham mm. to Chelsea, and uh, won everything with Chelsea. Scored, you know, all the goals with Chelsea. Went to the international tournaments with England. Did it. Is now Chelsea manager, and have his cards moved? Not really. But there is a difference between like it's going to take a while for like the past to catch up because I think transfer balls alone will. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So I don't think I don't think you're going to be. I don't think Declan Rice is ever going to have a legacy like uh, like Frank Lampard if he moves to Chelsea and because he's not going to stay at West Ham his whole career he's not even going to have a legacy like Mark Noble at West Ham because he's not going to be that cult club hmm. cult hero kind of one club man so I think your only option is to trade the transfer buzz um, and it may be that you sell off 75% of the collection uh, when he transfers uh, maybe for a big profit probably just for a you know a reasonably uh, size profit and there's no profit that's bad profit so it's all good <laughs> stuff because um, worst case scenario if you make a 10% profit you've still gotten your cash back from a Declan Rice collection which I mean nice nice yeah and uh, Chronicles as well is a really nice card yeah Jason we have one question left and it's from John Ellis however who's actually suffering from COVID so I want to say shout out to John hopefully you're alright shout out to John hope this podcast is keeping you Keeping you a bit of company. <laughs> okay, I might ask the question and then dip because I need I need to go now. <laughs> what? I was gonna say I don't know if I have time for this question, Jason. Well, what's the question? But I figure I could ask it to you and then you could. You want me to wrap up the podcast on my own? <laughs> no, maybe not. Um, John says, explain the junk wax era thing and explain the potential risks of us entering a new one. If any, seems like there's a million variations and print run of each rookie. Can demand ever meet this ridiculous supply? Right. So really quick. Um, there is uh, Enzo sent, doesn't send me the questions in advance for this uh, for these podcasts but he did send me this one because this will require some research because obviously we haven't been in the card game very very long uh, for soccer collectors we have but for general collectors we haven't so um, the junk wax era essentially uh, is usually defined as the period between 1987 and 1994 uh, which is basically a huge there was a huge boom in the late 80s early 90s in soccer card collecting and to keep up with all the increased card uh, Oh, did I say soccer card? It wasn't soccer card, boom. No, no, it was like baseball, <laughs> basketball, hockey. And uh, to keep up with the increased uh, demand, the company started printing, kind of like what we're doing at the moment in soccer, just printing loads of products all the time so that everybody who had any of the any of the big stars, everyone who had any demand for any of those cards had one, right? So if you want, like we, like if we want anyone wants a Makoku rookie, anyone wants a Jude Bellingham rookie, you have one, right? There's no barrier to entry. So basically then everyone who wanted a card had one, and uh, all of a sudden, cards became worthless, and uh, the market crashed. Um, 
are we going towards that now? I will say no because, and only because, I think that in this case, the rate of growth of soccer in America will lead to an increased demand in the soccer market, uh, more so than the rate of growth of, say, basketball. Uh, you know, with, like with, with Shaq, with Michael Jordan, all of a sudden the NBA went like really global and everyone wanted basketball cards in Australia, in the UK, wherever. So I think whatever growth there was there is less than whatever growth we're going to see because the World Cup is in America in 2026. So I think we're going to be okay. Uh, there's a good article on the Junk Wax Era on cherrycollectibles.com.au. So search the Junk Wax Era Cherry Collectibles to read more. I read it on that blog. And uh, there's also an, uh, one on lwos.life which is a good article as well on the junk wax era seven years of collecting that almost collapsed the hobby basically i don't think we're in danger because football is growing so much in america and america is the biggest card market love it was that quick yeah and it was educational great you have to go yep all right well enzo thanks for uh doing this episode of the podcast i'll see you tomorrow what am i seeing tomorrow for oh should we announce this yeah no no okay never mind uh keep an eye on our socials uh, if you're listening to this on the day of release uh i'm jason that's enzo we'll see you next time uh, we're back on thursday for episode 20- 24 of soccer cards united stay safe be well we love you bye bye